0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, on to our guests this week. In this business, you hear a lot about the value of culture, development, and retention. Our next guest oversees all people-related responsibilities for the Arizona Diamondbacks and thrilled to have him speak about his philosophy. I'm excited to have Joe Walsh, Senior Vice President of People and Culture for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. It's a pleasure to be on. Look forward to it. Joe, thank you so much. Very excited to, to have you and to dive into your illustrious career. And so going back to the beginning, you attend Santa Clara University, receive a degree in finance, and ultimately to the University of San Francisco School of Management to receive an MBA in business administration management. What do you think you wanted to do as a profession?
1: Good question, Travis. And it seems like forever ago. Uh, my initial goal was, was to be a CFO or chief financial officer or a VP of finance uh, for a high tech company. Uh, or some other entity, uh, figuring this was uh, the language of business, learn as much finance and accounting as I could, it'll get me a long way. I was always pretty good at numbers, uh, modeling, and curious as to how it all worked uh, with public companies and startup companies. Uh, Alongside that, working in sports has always been been the dream, and I suppose that combining my my college degrees uh, and early job experience blended together could possibly qualify me uh, to work in the front office uh, of a pro team someday. That was my my plan.
0: Well, that, that certainly worked. And we're going to dive into your career of getting in that front office. But there was definitely some, some things and curveballs along the way. And you know, now many people in this business, they start out in sports and work their way up. But you actually had several different roles kind of outside of sports before landing with TaylorMade Adidas Golf. And so as you think about some of the other industries and some of your other experience, what are some similarities of how businesses are run similar to now sports teams as well?
1: Yeah, I love the question, Travis. It needs to be asked because I, I think a lot of us are faced with this in our careers. And while businesses are a- absolutely run differently in other industries, uh, be it for profit, uh, nonprofit, startup, mature companies uh, and everything in between. Every, every company I've seen, whether it's in sports or high tech or the nonprofit, uh, has the need for consistent connecting of its people. Uh, and to drive creativity and innovation, this has to be done. And I feel without this connection, this, this daily conversation, be it meetings, hallways, zoom calls, whatever it might be, um, growth and survival aren't, aren't possible with such ingredients. So it's it's more than um, and we'll get into this later, but more than than the science and art of human resources, which is very important, but it's really understanding, the mechanics uh, in this industry, particularly of of your building, uh, your revenue generating operation, your IT operation, your legal operation, what's going on in the in the community, and uh, I don't know that that differs across any industry if you really pull back the covers.
0: No, absolutely, it's great thinking and great philosophy. And you know, Joe, the, the next part is is we talk about you know, wanting mm-hmm. to get into sports and it's like, what's my path? So many people and so many of our listeners here at Fifty Two Weeks also of like, what do I ultimately want to do and not all path is the same. And that's what I'm I'm curious to dive into your philosophy and thoughts on that, because you were not always in human resources. You started out in marketing and the event side of the business. So why do you feel like it's beneficial for you to be able to really understand all of those areas of the business before being in the people aspect of it?
1: Yeah. And I think uh, it's a drill down of the last question. Thanks, Travis. I think that one of the greatest things we can do as people and culture leaders or HR leaders, whatever you're going to call our function, a lot of fancy names these days, <laughs> is 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 understanding what your employees are doing. Uh, and it's not sitting in your office, cranking out payroll and, and, and benefits and, and compensation studies. All those are really important, by the way, but it's really getting in and rolling up the sleeves with each function and, and being curious enough You'll hear me say "curious" a lot uh, to learn what's going on in these areas. I think I think it's really easy, and I've seen it many places where uh, HR professionals are doing their job and doing great work. But uh, without that, getting getting into the soup with your other business functions, which exist everywhere, I I don't think I don't think you can drive the mission, the vision, and the values of the company. You know, are we selling and marketing products? Are we looking at market share and, and growth at all costs? Um, is it shareholder return on investment? Um, are we looking to solidify the stewardship of the organization in the community? Um, if we don't know that as the people people, the people department, I don't know that we can do our jobs effectively and I don't know that we can build trust, right? We end up being uh, something like the the policy or compliance police. Again, uh, two very important factors of what we do in HR, but I, I think they fall on deaf ears if you don't develop that interest and curiosity around the functional areas of, of your company.
0: No, gr- great response and, and great thoughts. And that's where every leader should be thinking about. So Joe, post the first time around at TaylorMade, you had the opportunity to be the VP of Human Resource and Organizational Development with the LA Dodgers of MLB. And then fast forward, after almost four years, you had the opportunity to go back to TaylorMade, this time as the Senior VP of Global HR. And so as you think back to that time, what were some key differences in the HR side of business from an MLB team to a global brand and company like TaylorMade?
1: Yeah, another great Question to dig, dig and dive deep on. And as I think back on it, Travis, there might be more similarities and differences. You know, in the golf business, uh, we're all about designing and developing and marketing the world's best performing golf products. Uh, In MLB or the NBA, we're developing a team and an entertainment experience. But the performance uh, comes in the team play on the field of the court and that fan experience. In either case, whether you're consumer products or you're in a team sport or a league. Uh, there's something meaningful for our employees to constantly rally around. And that's where the culture comes in, the the brand for the product or the brand of the team. And and that excitement of knowing that your job has a direct tie to that brand and almost daily performance and exposure in the conversation, uh, our people play a very special role in delivering the promise of that brand, whether you're making golf clubs or you're working for an NBA team or a baseball team. Uh, It's the same regardless. And, um, you're selling and marketing in either situation, uh, the products and that performance. And we all need to be concerned of how the customer the fan uh, is feeling about the product uh, on the field, on the court, or at the sporting goods store. I mean, if you're in charge of the budget or if you're on the phone or in the field selling that brand or everything in between, uh, on the HR side, I've seen very little difference working with people in these different environments. It, it, it's really more same than it is different.
0: No, absolutely. And you've obviously must have gotten the itch to head back to the team side of the business, you know, kind of tailor-made, Dodgers, tailor-made. And as you then took on the opportunity of Senior Vice President of Human Resources for Palace Sports Entertainment and the Detroit Pistons, why was that the right move for you?
1: You know, uh, the association with the team, as you can tell us all, Travis, is, is extremely exciting and fulfilling. And as mentioned earlier, we always seem to carry the genuine interest in daily conversation if we work for a team. It's it's really, uh, it's really a wonderful experience, and those of us uh, that listen to these podcasts and your guests, we're hearing it from your guests on a weekly basis. Uh, additionally, it's rewarding to work through the cycles of a team, from the draft to player development to the maturing of a team, um, the season at home and the road games and, and marching through the postseason that everyone wants to be in. And I also find it very rewarding to recruit and mentor those interested in joining uh, and progressing within our in- industry, you know, things like... The clubhouse, which you know so well, and mentoring those that are that want to get in or want to grow. Uh, You know, wins and losses happen on the field uh, and the office every day. And and the yearn to get better every day is something I find uh, common across every team I've worked for.
0: No, absolutely. And Joe, and you know, to your point of every different thing that you can be a part of the team side. You spent four years with the Pistons and actually were part of the opening of Little Caesars Arena. And you then take on the role you're in now as the Senior Vice President of People and Culture for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You've now been there for five years. You oversee all people-related responsibilities. That includes culture, leadership development, talent acquisition, retention, team player relationships, diversity, equity, and inclusion, total rewards, organizational development, wellness, and payroll. I'm certainly out of breath. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of responsibilities. I can only imagine the time management that goes into day to day, but walk us through, and there's probably no such thing as a normal day, but walk us through kind of your, your day and in, in kind of life right now.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Travis. And you're right. There is not a normal day. And that is a question that comes up to me often throughout my career and in interviews as well. And one of the things I find myself saying about my job, wherever I've been, and even here in these last five years is there's never been, and never will be two days alike that on its face is, is a pretty cool thing to walk into. Uh, it's mysterious, Some, sometimes the conversations are tough, sometimes they're not, but I do my best to n- not get overrun by tasks. I, I do like my task list. I, I feel accomplishment when I'm working through my to-dos. However, I challenge myself not to get overrun by tasks and, uh, and that'd be very easy and justifiable to do. Uh, again, make sure to get around the building a lot, uh, a lot of time each day. Talk to as many people that I could find, uh, see how they're really doing, not just hey, what's up? Uh, really looking in the eye, and uh, understand and, and dive dive deeper on that question. Um, what keeps you up at night? Um, what makes you happy? What are you frustrated about? Um, and how do I find and, and and have coaching coachable solutions for the answers I get in return? And it's important that, that uh, to understand none of these would be would be possible without a world-class team of experts that I have, I have around me and my people and culture team on the executive team. And, you know, really when you're, when you're bringing in people, when you're interviewing them, it's great to be in this chair because these are people I'm working with that, that I want to develop trust with that I could count on each day uh, to make our culture continue to go.
0: And absolutely. And after the last five years, Joe, what are you most proud of thus far with, with you and your team and the accomplishments <laughs> there with the d organization?
1: Yeah, proud of a lot, Travis. I definitely say um, the connections I have with our people uh, from leadership, uh, management down to the individual contributors, uh, the ushers, ticket takers, the security, the parking people, the part-time staff. Uh, I'm proud of showing up each day and having people know that um, we can help them in any way possible. I'm proud of this organization, the DBACs, our track record and legacy of success uh, on the field and the community uh, multiple years of best places to work awards uh, that we win uh, year over year. Um, you know, and even though we, even though we, we may not know and we've learned recently not know what to do without a playbook in, in, mm-hmm. in over two years of a global pandemic, I'm really proud of how this organization uh, navigated through all that uh, really easy to throw in the towel and mail it in and become really negative about it. But uh, we all kind of, Tightened up the belts and figured out a way to do it. And it was tough. Uh, It's a great place to work. We never take it for granted. And I'm extremely proud of the of, of the people I get to work with every day, once again.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Joe Walsh, Senior Vice President of People and Culture for the Diamondbacks. And Joe, let's get into the three hot topics. So we're starting with question one. You sit on the hiring side of human resources. And so regardless of what role you're looking for and interviewing for, what are the main things that you're looking for? Yeah, and
1: I love that question. It gets asked to me a lot. And and, and number one, uh, every time I'm asked that question is, is the word curiosity. I'm looking for a genuine interest. In what we do at the Diamondbacks, uh, and who we are, and where we're going, Uh, does the candidate ask why? Can a candidate articulate their why in an interview? What am I all about, candidate A, B, or C? Um, Following that, are are the questions? Excuse me, of a candidate, does the candidate Travis have the questions? Have them ready, and are they thoughtful? Uh, If she or he doesn't have any, this really concerns me, and that does happen. You know, when you get to the end. And uh, if I'm talking too much, I'll be sure at the end to say, well, uh, Travis, what are your questions? You know, and every now and then you hear, well, it's been a great interview, Mr. Walsh or Joe. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have any questions. That, that does concern me. I, I think a candidate should always have questions. It, it, shows, it shows a lot about the next, the third thing I'm going to say, and that's preparation. Is she or he clear? Is it clear that she or he has studied uh, the company, our company, prior to coming in for the interview? Um, and and do this, does does the candidate actively listen? are they listening? You could tell when you do these interviews when I've done them for almost 30 years, you could tell when someone's checking out or not listening, uh, or really not paying attention. So curiosity uh, question asking and then preparation would be my yep. top three.
0: No, I love it. And to your point there at the end, actively listening, right? It's, it's, you get to so many interviews like, no, I've got all my questions answered. Even if you have to repeat the same question you ask someone else to get what their mindset and thought is. Um, moving on to question two, I know one of your hot buttons is that continuous development and specifically leadership development. What do you think every, sh- every person should be thinking about when it comes to the value of spending time, resources and budget on development?
1: I love that question. And this is really important to me. These all are, but this one might lead the pack, Travis. And I think every person, in my opinion, should always be hungry or thirsty to learn more, as you said. Not a single person on this earth has all the answers. And I feel that every person should be mindful and and planful around their development. Um, What am I going to do today, this week? What is my plan? And how do I keep track of it all? How do you learn? Uh, Are you a reader? Are you a writer? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have an accountability partner? Here's one um, who can ask you again and again, uh, "What are you working on?" You know uh, that that's just that's great on its own, right? Who yeah. who are you gonna who's going to be checking you on your your goal and your desire to learn uh, on on a regular basis? Uh, it feels like there's so many ways to learn more these days and stay sharp and, and grow. And, and learning and growing should be fun and not a painful chore. If it's a painful chore, then I don't know that. You want to do it. If you want to get it done and get it over with and say, wow, I'm, I'm glad I, I read that chapter of the book or I'm glad I finally took that class. I You should be glad because you feel better because it, not because it's a, a painful chore or a choice or a, or a, a checklist item.
0: Nailed it. Perfect. And Joe, question three, part of your role is being a founding member and being part of the d for change kind of program as it include diversity, equity, inclusion. So I think at this point, everyone knows why it's so important. So from your end, what are some key initiatives that every organization should be implementing to really continue that focus?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked it that way, because I think we can get bogged down and in- in what we should be doing and what this or this or that organization or that company's doing. And, and really, Travis, I feel that organizations should be aware that creating a place where people, employees show up every day and can be heard, uh, can make an impact and can belong to something they're proud of. Uh, this is the model of success. Uh, a lot of times you see the DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion acronym, which I'm glad we're seeing a lot, by the way. Yep. Um, a lot of times you'll see it include the letter B. And the B usually stands for belonging. And that to me is is the power word in the acronym, D-E-I-B. Having things like employee resource groups, activities and events that facilitate belonging, I think super important. And additionally, people should never be afraid to speak up. People should never be bullied, shamed or excluded or forgotten. And if you're not any of that, you're going to have this feeling of belonging, I feel. And, And the more fairness in how you're treated, how you're being included, uh, the greater chance uh, of success, be it profitability, creativity, retention, innovation, uh, customer wins or satisfaction. This is all directly proportional. If, if your employees feel like you want them around, or they feel like they belong, I think all these other results are going to happen if that's the case. And I think if if there isn't belonging, I really suggest uh, your results results or your drive is going to be you know challenged to to achieve that. So. Uh, Always be on the lookout uh, for examples of times when an employee appears or feels left out uh, or silenced, like in a meeting or a conversation or a Zoom call. I I see it way too often, uh, regardless of where I might be. And I think all of us, not even as leaders, just as as employees, people wearing the badge, uh, we should say something right away when you see it. And it's hard for some people to do that but if you find that it's hard find find someone that may, it may not be hard uh, to, to to go help the person you're observing that's obviously feeling you know left out or left behind
0: and Joe, you've done a tremendous job of really immersing yourself in the community and certainly giving back. We talked about earlier, you're a mentor of the clubhouse, which we certainly appreciate and know you love to give back. We just hosted a webinar a couple months ago with you, and you're active with the Santa Clara Alumni Network. You're a member of the Society of Human Resource and Management, a World at Work member, amongst many others. And so, for your end, why is it so important for you to give back, and what's your advice to people on getting involved within the community and giving back, regardless of their role?
1: Yeah, another beautiful question, and one I've reflected on uh, for a while. And and I think we reach a point in our journeys, Travis, that um, that we give more than we take. You know, a, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us have taken and, and had many blessings along the way, be it having a mentor of your own or working for a successful company. But um, I, I think the dial eventually switches where you want to give back. And that's where I am now with a lot of my colleagues. And I'm proud of the successes that I've worked for and have been blessed with, for sure. But the satisfaction of helping people, particularly in their careers, outweighs it all. You know, many people um, and mentors along the way I've had, and they, they've helped me tremendously. And I suppose that's my way of uh, thanking them by paying it forward. And, and really, to answer the other part of your question, um, your company is always going to be looking for help uh, ways, ways for you to give back, regardless of where you are, you know, utilize your relationships, go to people you're friendly with people, whether your department or someone you meet in the hallway or a meeting and let them know what you're interested in. And um, we're always looking, I think we, speaking of the, the the three teams I've been with, we're always looking for employees to step up and, and find ways to give back. You know, here's a great example. We had a last year, a, a, a mentorship, program uh, as a channel of our, our D-backs for change overall project. And we, we put out the call, uh, who do you all, we all work at the d who wants to mentor, uh, a young, a young aspiring professional from an underserved community here in the Phoenix area. And so we had, we had mentors of all, they weren't all vice presidents. They were all across the board, people that really wanted Great. to, to help out the company and, and help, help young kids that didn't get a chance.
0: It's awesome. Well, Joe, ton of great advice. Certainly h- fun to hear about your journey. And so to end I like to put our guests on the Hustle Hot Seats. You ready for this? The Hustle Hot Seat. I've been listening to it for, for weeks, so I'm ready <laughs> to go. All right. Joe, if you had a boat, what would you name it? I'm going
1: to call, call that boat, and I don't have one. I'm going to call it a little R&R. Our, we have two daughters, Riley
0: and Reese, and so a little R&R. If a movie was made about your life, what actor would you love to play you?
1: Oh, there'd be a lot but uh, I'm told quite often I don't believe it that I I look like the actor Matthew Perry from uh from Friends.
0: Friends. So I'm going to go with Matthew Perry. If you could go to dinner with anyone, who would it be?
1: Uh there would be a lot there too but I'm going to say Vin Scully. Uh, Vin is someone when he was with us, I knew him a little bit at the Dodgers, not well enough to take him to dinner, so I'm going to I'm going to take the goat uh Vin Scully to dinner.
0: And Joe, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Yeah, and this is uh, what, I, what I call my three-legged stool, someone else's term, not mine. But uh, number one, appreciate differences, uh, especially those who you may not agree with. Always appreciate differences of opinion, of thought. Uh, second, suspend judgment. Um, you never know everything what a person's going through So be careful when you make up your mind or have a judgment. On a, especially on a person. And then I'm going to say show up with empathy always. Uh, really have that empathy in conversations, regardless of the situation. If you show up with that empathy for a person, a situation, or a reality that you're in, you're going to be off to a good start. So those three, appreciate differences, suspend judgment, and show up with empathy.
0: I love it. Certainly a a, a fast pass to have success in in this business. So Joe, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks, Travis. And thanks to all listeners. Thank you. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.